0: Welcome to Voice Church as we close out, let's say, uh, an unforgettable year. I'm sure you maybe have some other words, but let's go with unforgettable. And in true 2020 fashion, uh, we've actually had a bunch of sudden wind out of nowhere, a bunch of circumstances outside of our control. So we've had to tear down, relocate, uh, set up again multiple times to get this sunset service. And we kind of figured that, you know what, 2020 is not going to go out without a fight. So traditionally... We take the last Sunday of the year and we do a couple things. Number one, we don't do a traditional time of giving, but instead we do what we call the legacy offering. And we give the entire offering that comes in today away to local and global nonprofits that we believe in. This year in particular has been especially challenging for nonprofits, all nonprofits. Many are significantly under budget because of decreased giving during the pandemic. And what we want to be able to do as a church family is to put a little wind in their sails so they can focus on the important work that they do. So that's the first thing with Legacy Offering. Second thing is we do a virtual service and we call it Church Has Left the Building. It's a little less abnormal this year because of the quarantine. Uh, but after the team puts so much effort in the holiday season, we always take this last Sunday of the year to do church from home. This year we're actually going to expand churches left the building and instead of doing one week, we're going to take both today and next week to do a two-part series. So we're out here in Zion National Park in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of wilderness, literally there's no one around. And we're here at sunset to close out 2020 with a time of reflection. We're far away from civilization, From the hustle and bustle, from social media, from the news, far away from what feels like the politicalization of literally everything. Do you feel that? I know I do. Friends and family are in tension over so many topics. Thanksgiving just feels a little different this year because of all the tension. It seems like every conversation, especially with family and friends, has so many landmines that we need to tiptoe around just to maintain civil relationship. There is so much potential for drama but out here it's just peace quiet it's simple it's like setting out a carbonated beverage you know our family drinks so much sparkling water one of my pet peeves is when someone will grab a can take a few sips and just leave it out and then forget that it's theirs grab another can take a few sips and then leave it out and what ends up happening is after a, a certain amount of time the can will release all the little pockets of air and the once sparkling water will eventually become still. Now, that's what coming out here to places like this does for me. The little pockets in my heart, the little pockets of anxiety, of insecurity, of fear, the, the little voices that have been hiding in the corners of my heart begin to bubble up in the silence, in the boredom. See, we all fight our own battles. Some people may call them demons, you know, metaphorically. Things like laziness or apathy, See, with those things, you can pull yourself together to overcome them, right? You can you know, pull yourself up by your own bootstraps, you can kick yourself in the butt and be proactive and go to work and overcome laziness and apathy. But there's some other vices, some other demons that they can't be fought with proactivity. They can't be beat by working harder or trying harder or staying busy. Some of the battles, some of the most important battles we'll ever fight are fought in quiet moments. They're those voices that lay dormant when we're busy, actually. And they only come out of the woodwork when we're still. So say you're at a restaurant and your phone dies while you're waiting for a friend. You have nothing to do now, nothing to scroll. So all you do is you sit there and think. Or when you're trying to go to sleep at night, but the voices begin, the the insecurity, the the fear, all the the what-ifs start to roll out. See, that's why I think so many of us, try to avoid silence because we're afraid of what we'll find there. We're afraid of what the silence will reveal about our own hearts. So what do we do? We get distracted on purpose and actually distraction becomes addictive. You ever felt that this year? Moving from one screen to another screen? Maybe watching one screen on the wall while holding another screen, scrolling? anything to fill the silence, anything to not have quiet. But some lessons can only be learned in the silence. And what so many of us want in life is actually found on the other side of the battles that only rise up in quiet moments. I don't know about you, but I want certain things like a grounded soul. I want an accurate view of myself. I want a surrendered heart to God. I want deep relationships with God. I want a deep peace. And the thing is, you don't find things like a deep peace or a accurate view of yourself. You don't have a surrendered heart to God by working harder. You actually find those things. You develop those things by embracing boredom, by embracing silence, by sitting in those quiet moments long enough for those demons, those voices to reveal themselves, to expect them to reveal themselves. And then when they begin to whisper to your heart, you embrace that boredom. You embraced even the fidgeting you feel, the antsiness you feel, and you allow your heart to bubble up like that can of sparkling water. And in those moments, that's the moment the battle actually begins. You know, a lot of times uh, at my gym, you know, pre-quarantine, during a workout, we'll, we'll call the hardest part of the workout the pain cave. And we'll say, get in the pain cave and embrace the pain. Why? Because when you're feeling pain in those moments, when you want to quit, those are the moments you're actually getting strong. And if you quit workouts when they get hard, you won't actually get any stronger. You're wasting your time. And it's the same way with silence. When we avoid the moments of silent introspection, we'll eventually just live shallow lives. See, anchors need to go deep to be useful and depth is developed in silence. So many of us need a change of perspective. I don't know about you, but I do. This year more than ever, it's easy to get in a rut, isn't it? Because this year especially, it feels like for many of us, like we're living Groundhog's Day over and over again. And if you don't understand that reference, it just means you're not old. (laughs) But if you feel like you're in a rut like me, how do you get a change of perspective? Here's what I suggest. In order to have a change of perspective, we either need to have a change of place or a change of pace. Let me say that again. In order to have a change of perspective, we usually need either a change of place or a change of pace, or both. So we decided to drive out here to the middle of nowhere and do this two-part series. Today we're focusing on reflection, and next week we're gonna focus on direction. So, as we wind down here, reflection. This year has been wild, hasn't it? One we will not soon forgive. I know that's the understatement of the year, but in the middle of all the challenges, in the middle of all the uncertainty, in the middle of the highs and lows are lessons. They're lessons, opportunities to learn more about yourself, What dreams did you have going into this year? What were your naive almost New Year's resolutions as you began 2020 of all the amazing things we're going to do in 2020, not realizing the world was about to shut down? Well, in the beginning of January, we as a church family had what we called Vision Sunday, and we talked about our 2020 vision, and we had three points. I don't know if you remember this, but I'm sure many of you, you know, they were so important to you, you tattooed them on your arm, but there were three points. The first one we said is we really felt like we as a church we're going to need to embrace the discomfort this year. Isn't that wild to think about? We felt like the Lord was telling us be ready to embrace discomfort. Two, we talked about having deeper roots. And third, we talked about having broader reach. We had no idea what that meant when we felt like the Lord told us that, but now I feel like it was extremely prophetic. This year has challenged us more than ever to put our hope And our trust in Christ. Now, I know some of you may have been tempted to check out of church, but you fought through. You stayed engaged. Your relationship with God is better now. It's deeper because of it, right? You are deeper. We are deeper as a church because of 2020. Now, what about broader reach? We may not be meeting uh, in person for most of us. We're meeting virtually primarily, but we're reaching more people than ever all around the world as a church family, hundreds more every week. Now, here's the thing. This isn't the way I wanted it to happen. This isn't what I thought when I I felt like, you know, we as a church are going to have broader reach this year. I never thought, oh, a worldwide pandemic will shut us down and we'll go online and now people all over the world are going to tune in on Facebook and YouTube. But you know what? Like a surfer, you can't create the waves, but you can choose to ride the ones that come. So, for us as a church family, embrace the pain, deeper roots, broader reach. And in the middle of all the craziness of 2020, as we close out this year, we realize that God actually used all of that craziness to accomplish his goals in our church family. So, here's a question for you Do you think there's some things that God actually wanted? to do in you this year, and those things are not on hold, but he's actually wanting to use the craziness of 2020 to do a deep work in you, a work that he couldn't have done any other way. But what we need to do, we need to take a few moments to reflect on what that is, what God would want to do in your life, to sit in some silent moments, no distractions, to change the place and pace of our lives so that we have a chance to have some perspective that we've been looking for. So here's the challenge. Don't just rush to get out of 2020. As, as much as so many of us were like, let's put this year in the books, let's get it on to 2021. Like Henry David Thoreau said, let's suck the marrow out of each day. Let's suck the marrow out of 2020. So here's a few questions I want you to think about. I want to challenge you to take some time today or this week to actually process this. Watching this teaching is going to be worthless unless you take the time, 15 minutes, 30 minutes, to process these questions, with your friends and family, with your significant other, maybe with your small group, as a small group, you process these together. But here's the first question. What are the top three things that brought you joy this year? What are the top three things that brought you joy this year? I think it's important for us to focus on the positive. But what are the top three things that brought you joy this year? Follow-up question to that is, so why did they impact you so much? So for me, it's camping with a family. Now, why does that bring me so much joy? Because it reminded me of the priorities of life. That as my heart tends to get wrapped up in concerns and cares and just all the what ifs, my insecurities, oh, and trying to lead a church through this pandemic, it reminds me that, you know what? There are just a few things in life worth worrying about and they're sitting in front of you. Second question is this. What parts of this year stole your peace? What parts of this year stole your peace? And I know you're thinking, uh, how much paper, how much time do I have, because there's a lot. Well, here's a follow-up question to that. Why did they bother you so much? What parts of this year stole your peace, and why did they bother you so much? What is going on in your heart that they bothered you? See, many times our heart is revealed when things don't go our way, and those are great learning opportunities. Let me give you an example. For me, how I'd answer this question, this is a totally transparent moment. It's seeing people disengage with our Voice Church family. That was the hardest part of this year for me. And here's the thing, logically, and I'm a pretty logical guy, I totally get it. Busyness, screen fatigue, quarantine, arguments and just drama in life, or even sickness close to the family, I get why people would disengage from the church, but it was still really hard to watch. Now, here's the big question. Why did it bother me so much? It's usually the thing is not about the thing. So yeah, it was hard to watch people disengage from church, but why did it bother me so much? I think at the core, it's because it threatened a core fear of mine that maybe I don't have what it takes to lead this church, that maybe Voice Church won't make it through the pandemic and I don't have the leadership personally to guide it through the storm. Now, here's the thing. I know that that's a lie from the enemy, but the stillness, the still moments reveal those battles to fight. And then I fight those battles. So third question, how did your relationship with God evolve this year? How did your relationship with God evolve this year? Would you say you're closer to God? You're more distant than you were before? Maybe you've leaned in and you've carved out time to deepen your relationship with Him? Or the opposite, maybe you've been like a ship without an anchor and you've kind of drifted Away from him, but how has your relationship with God evolved this year? And you know the question I'm going to ask—I ask it often: How do you feel about that? How has your relationship with God evolved this year, and how do you feel about that? So we're going to end with a song that we love around here called "Uncomplicated," because sometimes we make faith way more complicated than it needs to be. See, following Jesus is as simple as this: hands open, surrendering. This—this this would be the posture. Of a disciple, And this is re- the reason why we end every church service this way. What this posture says is, God, everything I have and everything I am is yours. Use me to expand your kingdom. Have your way in me. Whether you feel distant from God or you are the closest to God you have ever been, the posture is the same. So here's a few words of the song. It says, Your love's uncomplicated. You love me just the way I am. So I stand before you. I'm totally surrendered with open hands and open heart. Jesus, have your way in me. I can't think of a more appropriate way to close out 2020 than with arms linked together as a church family, walk into the unknown of 2021, but fully surrendered to God.